Hi, welcome to our edition of Sadistically Speaking. I'm Andrew Lotto. Today, I would like to talk about the power of the question, why? If you've ever had a child, or better yet, if you've ever been loaned a child for a very short period of time, you will note that they ask a lot of why questions. And in fact, the most prototypical why question from childhood that anyone can come up with is, why is this sky blue? And of course, the answer, if you've had to Google it to answer your child's question, is that light coming down from the sun is made up of a variety of different wavelengths. Those wavelengths we see as different colors. The shortest wavelength that has a lot of energy and that we're most sensitive to is blue. And that short wavelength is easily scattered by small particles in the sky. Therefore, you get a scattering of blue that we see in the air. Now, that's a actually a fairly interesting answer to a, when you think about it, interesting question. And one that we may not have thought about if our child wasn't asking this question. A child might ask, why is it that people have feet and not paws, like my kitty? And the answer, of course, requires a discussion of evolution and the different niches of species and evolution. A child might ask, why is Justin Bieber? And that would require an interesting discussion about the soullessness of young female pop fans. The point is, is that these questions are not uninteresting. They actually have really interesting, complex answers. What annoys us as adults is that it actually points out the lack of knowledge we have for these facts in the world. There's a great old skit from Robin Williams where he's talking about having a child and the child asking a whole bunch of why questions, why question, why question. And he eventually says, go ask your mother. She's omniscient. Children also ask questions that are not just fact-based, but actually moral-based. So if you say to your child, clean your room, they say, why? Or you say, don't hit other people. Why? Or you say, don't burn cats. And they say, why? These are actually important moral questions. And the fact that we don't have good answers for them actually suggests something about our knowledge of our foundations for, for our moral rules. Because most of the time, your answer is, because I told you so. Or worse, because it makes God sad. And so these questions that children bring to us actually provide the foundation, provide an excuse for having interesting conversations about reality and morality and etc. But at some point, we lose the question, why? Children stop asking why. Part of the reason for that might be because our unimaginative education system beats uh, any sort of interest out of these little humans, right? So after a while, no one gives a crap why. Once you're a 14-year-old, why is not a question you ask unless it's screaming as you run out of the house because you've been told some rule that you didn't even want to hear the answer to. But even worse is that as adults, why becomes a question that's considered aggressive and rude. So in a normal adult conversation, asking someone to provide a rationale for the thing they just said is often considered rude. Now, it's not all of the time, but think about social situations you're in and whether at some point someone says something, you nod your head in agreement or say that's very interesting. What if instead you said, why? 
If someone said, hey, have you looked on your Disney Plus lately? I saw Hamilton the other night and I loved it. It's exquisite. And you ask, why? Or if someone said, I'm just so sad that in the Middle East countries, they can't just live together and find a way to be peacefully in love with each other. And you say, why does that make you sad? If someone says to you, imagine there's no countries, it isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, no religion too. And you ask, why the hell would that be a good thing? Now, of course, if you say the hell, it probably does is aggressive. But the point is, is asking why in those situations is often taken as aggressive. In fact, adults often taken as an affront to their opinions and statements that someone would ask them to give them a cause or motivation for them. This is true in universities as well. Students at universities at the undergraduate and graduate level actually uh, find some umbrage in you asking them to explain why they answered in a certain way in response to a, qu- request, a question. So you say, why would you have answered this this way? Or why didn't you think to do this? They actually find that uh, aggressive and offensive. Shout out to Yanessa Humbert, who does it all the time, because it's actually a good approach to say, why is it that you thought that? Why is it you thought that was the right answer? Why is it that you had that opinion? The other day I was watching The View. Now, here's a good time to use a why question. Why the hell, Andrew, would you be watching The View? And the answer is that, partly, is that YouTube has the algorithm that apparently decided that that day the most important things for me to watch were a discussion on The View, Gordon Ramsay yelling at random people, and Eastern European women jumping on trampolines. Anyway, this discussion of in The View was about Tucker Carlson's recent problems because one of his head writers was found to have put uh, racist and misogynistic comments on a chat board, and they were discussing this firing of this writer... And one of the floating fat heads in this, on the screen, uh, it's actually McCain's daughter, started to argue that uh, she, of course, found this. Of course, found this person should be fired for their comments, but didn't want to uh, promote cancel culture. And at this point, Whoopi Goldberg jumps in because, of course, uh, we all look, turn to Whoopi Goldberg for reasonable discussions Uh, because of her great work in Sister Act 2. So she says, "It's we want to keep debate, but what we want to do is get rid of the racist aspect of it. And all the bloated heads shook their, shook in agreement, because of course, get rid of racism first, and then we could have a discussion. And I was sitting there, I realized that while I was listening to Meghan McCain talk, I actually had the same thought which is, yes, cancel culture is a bad thing. Yes, we want to have more discussion. But, you know, these are racist comments, so they're not really a part of the discussion. And so I found my head, myself shaking my head positively to Whoopi Goldberg, which I haven't done since Ghost. And then I realized, why? Wait, why? Why is it that the best way to deal with uh, statements or ideas that we find most uh, abhorrent is to lock them out of the debate. It's like getting rid of something that's moldy by pushing it deeper back into the dark, wet cabinet and cupboard. 
And maybe it is that those those ideas have some validity. I'm not even going to give you the the opportunity to say, well, obviously they're disgusting and, and have no basis whatsoever because you never asked them why. So in this conversation, the view, of course, they got rid of uh, all of the debate, you know, discussion from non-racist, non-misogynist, non-homophobic, non-transphobic people. And now we can talk about, you know, debate between people. Boring. What would happen if in our adult conversations we routinely asked why? What if in any sort of conversation we're having with people over dinner or over drinks, even better, and you asked why? What would happen? Would people actually have to think through their opinions more? Would there be less groupthink? Would we all find out that Hamilton is actually overrated and that most people like it because it's an easy way to virtue signal that you like safe rap and well-dressed minorities? And more importantly, what if we asked ourselves why more? Why do I feel this? Why do I think this? Why do I believe this? As opposed to, it's my truth. Why is it your truth? You know what would happen? The world would be amazing. And your response to that should be, why? Pass the tequila. Out!